We're talking firearms on this Consumer Goods Edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Tuesday, January 5th, 2016. Happy New Year. And joining me to talk firearms is my comrade-in-arms, Mr. Vincent Shen. Happy New Year, man. How's it going? Happy New Year, Sean, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Uh, So how's your holiday? Excellent. Was Uh, Santa good to you? Yeah, sure. Uh, If by that you mean, you know, a little stress from having a lot of family in town. Uh, Also got engaged last week. You... what? Should have mentioned that to you earlier. Stop the presses. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, so, Vincent Shen here popped the question, apparently. Tell us a little bit before we talk about yeah, I something totally different. <laughs> fired it off, so to speak, to her. Um, last week, uh, we were at a cabin uh, out in Shenandoah, and it was very nice. Was it like a New Year's thing or what? No, it was, before, it was in between Christmas. Was, okay, yeah. Sure. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Thank I need you. to take you and uh, Gina to dinner or something to celebrate. I won't turn down that off. We'll go to Korean barbecue. <laughs> Again, sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, long story short, and if our listeners may or may not be aware, uh, President Obama is currently in the process of signing an executive action uh, for basically stricter gun control laws. Um, it's kind of a, we're not going to get into politics here. That's not our thing, but it's happening. Um Surprising though, it's been kind of good for the gun industry. Well, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, yesterday's trading, you know, the markets kind of greeted 2016 with a little bit with a little bit of a chilly reception. Uh, the Dow was down 276 points, 1.6 percent. S and P 500 shed similar, about 1.5 percent. So, like one of the wor- one of the worst opening days right. for the markets, like in history, one of the worst. Well, this was kind of set off by a weak economic news in China, and they had like a seven percent sell off over there. Or yeah, and it, so. it could have been worse too if it hadn't. Br- they implemented they have like a new. Circuit breaker. <laughs> so you know they kind of do what uh, you know a lot of the American exchanges have now, where you know that if the sell-off or it gets tripped uh, by a certain amount, they'll halt the trading, which is exactly what happened yesterday. And then you combine a lot of that uncertainty around China manufacturing, the implications around that around all over the world, plus some new tensions in the Middle East with uh, a lot of company or a lot of countries stepping away from Iran. And that basically combined for a very, uh, I guess, bearish view, at least you know for yesterday. Yeah. And that seems to have continued into today, unless, like you mentioned... Well, yeah, I mean, they're up again. And the standouts yesterday, in the midst of the sell-off, were all these gun manufacturers. Exactly. So, specifically... Um, there aren't know, many, but anyway. Yeah, there aren't many options here in the sector, depending on if you're looking for a pure-play gun manufacturer. There's, of course, people who uh, make accessories, ammunition. But if we're looking at, you know... Uh, Smith and Wesson Holding Company, they were up six percent yesterday, uh, and then there's also Sturmruger up three percent yesterday, and uh, we can talk a little bit about Vista Outdoor. They're up two percent. They produce a lot of ammunition, right? So, uh, so you know, obviously still involved in that industry and tied to it. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, why these companies buck the trend? You know, we have. Uh, these executive orders coming down the pipeline. They're supposed to be announced officially today. And, um, you know, it's around background checks, uh, more spending on enforcement, uh, mental health, uh, things along those lines. But re- what that has signaled for I, a lot of gun buyers in this country is, um, you know, these new regulations, we might not be able to get uh, certain, you know, guns that are available now. So buy them now. So, we should buy get, them get them while you can. Exactly. Supposedly. Um, 
and they're up even more today. I mean, this is going to keep like this is very yeah. They're up even more. Maybe because today is the official announcement. Smith and Wesson is again up thirteen percent today. Wow. Uh, last I checked, Ruger is up seven percent, and Vista, uh, Vista Outdoors up five percent. And it's not you know not all that surprising considering what we've seen in the aftermath of certain uh, I guess, political moves, also tragedies, and where people worry about what is going to be available and right. there's a huge surge in demand. So again, you know, not trying to hit into the political side of this too much, but just looking at these companies, their businesses, how their stocks have performed, um, you know, we can dive in on on, yeah, on, no, the, two, on the two main players at least. Um, and actually on that note, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned focus.fool.com. Um, there you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool Stock Advisor newsletter to start your year off foolishly. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. So go to focus.fool.com, take advantage of this offer. Once again, that's focus.fool.com. You can see my smiling face on one of the photos, I think. With, <laughs> I think Dylan's with me. Anyway, um, so we're talking about share price performances. I mean, I don't want to say the word bubble, but just like I'm always suspicious when a stock goes up because of something in the news like this. Like right after 9-11, Taser was the stock to own. Sure. It's just, I don't know. Um, but apparently, and you know, we can dive in a little bit more here. They've actually been making a lot of money, like real money. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Smith and Wesson. We'll talk about them first. They are up almost two hundred percent since the end of two thousand twelve, and um, you know that I feel like that time frame in particular is important. That was the last time President Obama, I feel like, made major calls for more gun control. Right. Um, this was after the Sandy Hook tragedy, of course, and two thousand thirteen. Just ended up being a huge boon year for these right. companies. Um, so just to give you a little bit of context. So you know the FBI, they have their NICS background check system, and while it's not a perfect proxy uh, for gun sales in the U.S., it it does give you an idea ballpark exactly, yeah. and you know at least a trend, for example. And so the system's been in place since 1998. They've been tracking this data, and just to give you an idea, so these are people applying to buy guns. But each application at, could yeah. be for more than one, for example. Okay, and all it right. doesn't cover all purchases. Some being like private party sales, things along those lines. Gun but shows, stuff like that. Five yeah. of its top ten highest days where it recorded the most checks were in the la- in late 2012. Wow. Okay, so five of its ten ty- highest days were in late 2012, and the by far the biggest week in terms of checks that they've logged, the FBI's logged, was between uh, December 17th and December 23rd of 2012. Merry Christmas. Over 950,000 um, checks. I was about again. to say, was it a million? Like, how many was it? it 950,000 no for wow. that week. And then I, the the second record is actually a recent week from last month. It's like 860,000 maybe. So it's a huge difference. Right. Um, and you also have to keep in mind, uh, and we'll touch on this a little bit in terms of the prospects more recently, is the fact that you know people were talking about Black Friday biggest day ever in terms right. of new check or new background checks being submitted. So buy one get one free. Smith and um, Wesson, um, along with much of the firearms industry, you know, they rode that surge of demand well into about 2014. Um, I mean, everybody was worried. Uh, yeah, then nothing happened, up. right? No, nothing happened. Uh, the stock peaked at about over sixteen dollars per share, so that was up ninety percent from you know end of two thousand twelve. Right, and the and once the, the you know the panic buying essentially had tapered off, um, the stores or a lot of the dealers, the distributors, they saw their inventory building up quickly because you know 
Right. The fears were gone. Everybody calmed down, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, those quickly rose, um, and as a result, the stock struggled, actually, um, and ended up losing almost all of its gains from those from that prior you know, right. two-year period in 2014. Uh, when Which the, is my concern again. Like, I'm just like, mm. anyway. An inherent thing that, you know, we'll get to later is, you know, the volatility of right. these companies. But not long after, you know... Started to, the stock bottomed out. Six months later, gun control reemerged as a major political issue in 2015, especially with the presidential campaigns kicking off for a lot of candidates. And 2015 again became a big boon year for this company, where the stock rebounded 132 percent. And you know, for the new year, as you've seen with these executive executive orders coming down. Their 2016 is looking very, very good for them as well. So, what were their revenues doing? I took a quick glance, and in these years where the stocks go up, it's like revenues are like 50 percent. So, year you know, quarter. looking at it quarterly. So, in 2013 quarters, for example, uh, you know, total revenue uh, up 40 percent year over year, 26 percent, um, and then after that 2013 surge. Quickly subsided. It was down to single digits, and then it fell. So by 2014, you were looking at like a 23, 24 percent right. year-over-year drop in revenue. Just again, so giving up most how, of the. You're seeing those big swings in demand based on honestly not necessarily business fundamentals, but fear. Exactly. <laughs> um, now. Uh, the company, in its most recent quarter, uh, so announced its fiscal 2016 second quarter results last month around this time. Okay. It boasted 32% year-over-year revenue growth. Gross margin was up 7.1 percentage points. This is a growth tech company we're and, talking uh, about. Adjusted, that's, what, that's what those numbers Adjusted are. earnings were up 150%. So, and just yesterday, I probably contributing to the huge search day where, where the stock's up like yeah. 12, 13%. The company raised its sales and earnings guidance for the quarter and full year. So fiscal 2016 revenue, which ends in April, I believe, it's expected to come in between six hundred and fifty and six hundred and sixty million dollars, while adjusted earnings will be between one thirty six and one forty one per share. So that represents about nineteen percent top line growth and thirty six percent bottom line growth if you use the middle of those ranges uh, compared to two thousand fourteen full year that is. So uh, obviously you got Sturman Ruger. Smith and Wesson's kind of a bellwether for industry. How are things looking for them going forward? Sure, Did you come sure. across anything? So, you know, looking forward, I think the company's Honestly, just it's going to benefit from a lot of this uncertainty that's around this uh, around this presidential election because basically, you know, the way the way it comes down is if you have a Democrat right uh, take, well, and take office. Then- one thing that uh, I was about to chime in with, I was like, uh, it's crazy to me sometimes how much a presidential election can affect a um, you know a, a stock. Mm-hmm. I um, I remember I was. Uh, I bought the stock because Buffett owned it, but it's a USG. This is like my first stock I ever bought. I was like 16. But they make drywall. It's sheetrock. United okay. States gypsum. And uh, they were being sued for like $2.1 billion for asbestos litigation. This is in the 2004 election. And the stock went up like double the day Bush got reelected just because they figured that a Republican administration would be kinder to a company. More business friendly. Through. Yeah. And sure. I was like, what? Like, I did not anticipate that at all. You know, people, and people, I'm always wondering if that's going to happen again in you know yeah. a year. Yeah, so people guys, are going to so. come down like really hard lines. Um, you know whether or not there are will be a ton of new regulations depending on the president. It, it doesn't even matter. It's what's perceived. Right. And for 2016, you know, until the run up, until the announce or until the results are announced, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, and I think the company will benefit from that at least for the next right. year or two. And then. 
beyond that, uh, if you're looking at just more of the fundamental business... It's a coin business, flip at that point, then, though. Exactly. You know? Uh, you know, consumers, though, make up about 90% of the Smith & Wesson business. Do they so, sell to the government at all? So they do have a huge opportunity there to increase uh, some of their selling with government contracts, because ultimately, the U.S. government... Because 10% still, isn't... Yeah. The U.S. government is still one of the biggest buyers of firearms in this country, if right. not the largest. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely uh, an area of opportunity for them to, uh, looking forward. Cool. Okay. So talk to me about Sturm & Ruger. Okay, so I want you to look at this almost like very closely as like a mirror image. Okay. So in terms of uh, a lot of that performance in 2013, how things dipped off into how dipped in 2014, and how they've recovered last year, all of that is almost exactly the same. Maybe a shift in terms of the exact timing, but overall very similar. So for example, Sturm Ruger shares gained 70% in 2013 when revenue was up 40% over the previous year. Again. Yeah. After the fears from the Sandy Hook tragedy, uh, the stock peaked in early 2014. Um, so a little bit earlier than Smith and Wesson. Um, in that year, sales fell 21. percent You know, very yeah, tough comparisons, yeah. right? Very tough comparisons, and the the stock plummeted, reversed. Uh, all of its gains lost about 60 percent, more than uh, more than the gains it made, lost 60 percent. And in 2015, again, it roared back 70% on the surge in demand. So last November, the company recorded its third quarter results, reported third quarter results, and sales were up 23% year over year to 120.9 million. Earnings per share up 82%. Sound familiar? And its new products, uh, which include all its major new offerings from the past two years, made up about a fifth of total sales in the first nine months of 2015. So obviously, their product pipeline that's coming in, it's doing quite well. It's very popular. Cool. All right. So I'm a value guy. Talk to me about where these guys are trading. Sure, sure. So, um, and I know you're going to ask me at the end of the show, like which one I think is better. Of course so I'm going to preempt that question and cover it a little bit. So, Sir Ruger. Which stock would Dirty Harry buy? <laughs> <laughs> Smith & Wesson, obviously. But uh, Sir Ruger pays 2.5% dividend, um, so it's a little different, because uh, whereas Smith & Wesson doesn't pay one at all. Valuation-wise, they're very similar. So I calculated this based off of uh, their prices this morning with yeah. the surge they've seen recently, because that's likely to continue, um, and based off of expected 2015 calendar year earnings. So 22 times for Sir Ruger, 21 times for Smith & Wesson. Now, yeah, keep in so mind it's... that Ruger has a really strong balance sheet, no debt. Um, they have very strong free Are cash they flow. Family controlled. I'm reaching on the cobwebs here. They have a I big... actually do not Let's recall. Look. Anyway, um, but they have really strong free cash flow to cover the dividend payouts. And honestly, both companies have a very strong name reputation in right. this industry. So, like I mentioned, Smith and Wesson, 21 times no dividend, but similar strong cash flow. So, if you were to ask me to pick, I think it's really tough. I, Sounds to me like you could buy both and be fine. I like... think you should look. Not you know not at the company separately necessarily. When you're if you're first considering mm-hmm. uh, you know investing in this industry, you need to look at the volatility and the fact that this these companies are not necessarily going to be driven by you know business fundamentals right. uh, and things along those lines. They're gonna a lot of it's going to rise in lockstep with each other and. A lot of it's going to be driven by headlines, uh, what happens in the political landscape. So it's just tons and tons of volatility. So if you're okay with that, you know, I mean, this has a speculative feel to it. Exactly. I mean, it really does. So. Um, and you know, I think for a stock like this or for an industry like this, taking a truly long-term view is your best bet because trying to, and I think anybody who's trying to bet off the election. Right. So do you want to own these guys regardless of what happens mm-hmm. in the next year? And then between the two companies, yeah. uh, between the two companies, you know, think 
you can look at that income component that Ruger offers. Yeah, I was surprised that it's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, you know, otherwise, considering either of these, uh, definitely take that long term view, and also just consider the fact that it might get hit, uh, whether you think the business is doing well or whether or, or not, just with the way you know events can take place with the presidential election and everything else. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for your thoughts. And uh, I'm sure on behalf of our audience, once again, congratulations on the engagement. Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have former recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For the newly engaged Vincent Chen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.